Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter number 38, uh, beginning at verse number six. And Judah took for a wife for er, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. Everybody say Tamar. And Ur was Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord said, uh, I had enough and slew him. Amen. Verse number 11. Then said Judah to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, remain a widow at thy father's house till uh, Shelah, my son, be grown. For he said, lest preadventure he die also as his brethren did. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. And in the process of time, verse number 12, in the process of time, the daughter of Shuan, uh, Judah's wife, Died and Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shearers to Timnath. He and his friend Hira and the Hira the Adulamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Behold, thy father in law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep. Verse 14 She put her widow's garment off from her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and sat in an open place which was by Timnath, for she saw that Shelah was grown and she was not given unto him to wife. Amen. Now I know this is a little, this was the custom back then. If, if a man died, it was the legal responsibility of the brother to marry that widow, to be able to sustain her and further on the lineage of that family verse 27 and it came to pass in the time of her travail now we're talking about Tamar the time of her travail that behold twins were in her womb and it came to pass that when she travailed that the one put out his hand and took the midwife and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread saying this came out first and it came to pass as he drew back his hand that behold his brother came out and she said, how hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee. Therefore, his name was called Phares. Amen. His name was called Phares. I This will probably make sense in just a little bit, but I want to uh, preach this morning for a little while. Because I, is there anybody here today that could say I'm in need of a breakthrough in my life, somewhere in my life? I need a breakthrough, amen, in my health, in my finances. I need breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. I need breakthrough to joy and to peace, amen. Now, if there's anybody here that needs a breakthrough and that wants a breakthrough, I believe God's going to give that to you today, amen. Amen. I want to I preach to you this morning with the help of God on the anatomy of a breakthrough. The anatomy of a breakthrough. Let's pray together right now. Lord, you are marvelous and wonderful in how you have already moved into this place. 
and how you have already done a mighty work. Lord, I pray that you would continue, Lord, to pour out your spirit upon us in this service, God. Lord, we want you to have your glorious way in this place. Lord, anoint me to preach your word and anoint anoint your people to hear and respond to your word. Lord, I believe that before we leave here that there could be a mighty breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. Somebody being filled with the Spirit. Somebody being renewed in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we just clap our hands to the Lord for just a moment? Come on. Just go ahead and give him high praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Turn around and tell three people today is my breakthrough. Amen. If you didn't believe it, look at them again. Say, today is your breakthrough. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I want to preach on the anatomy of a breakthrough. Everybody say, the anatomy of a breakthrough. Now, the word anatomy uh, simply means a branch of science concerned with the bodily structure of humans, animals, and other living organisms, especially as revealed by dissection and the separation of parts. It also means the bodily structure of an organism. Amen. The final definition is the one that I want to use. It says that, that anatomy means a study of the structure or internal workings of something. The study of structure or the internal workings of something. And when we are saying we want a breakthrough, we need a breakthrough, I, I think it behooves us to go and find out, amen, what is, what does it take to have a breakthrough, amen. But the first thing you need to have a breakthrough is you gotta have a resistance, amen. If you're going to have a breakthrough, you've got to have something opposing you. If you're going to have a breakthrough, you're going to have to have something that is against you. As a matter of fact, here are some uh, ingredients to have a breakthrough. A few things are more simple than what it takes uh, to see God work. We get resistance in our life and we all of a sudden start thinking it's punishment, but it's really not. It's designed for us to see God not only in a different way, but in a more powerful way. Amen. In, in other words, here, here's some examples. Light, light needs darkness for light to be revealed. Now, I know this is profound, but just hold on. If you don't have darkness, you cannot understand the power of light. Amen. So to have light, you must first have darkness. Amen. You've got to have turmoil in your life if you want peace to be understood in your life. It's just the way it is. Joy needs sorrow. Healing needs sickness. Redemption needs sin. Testimony needs a Death, death, amen, has got to be conquered by a resurrection. But for there to be a resurrection, there has first got to be a death. If you want victory, you got to have a battle. If you want freedom, you got to have bondage. If you want power, you got to know weakness. 
It's the law of revelation. This is the way it is. Amen. We must have these ingredients to have revelation. Amen. We've got to understand that God allows things to come into our life not to punish us, but to show us his power and his greatness. Amen. Amen. When, when Lazarus died and Jesus uh, got the news, uh, the Bible said that uh, Jesus said, Lazarus is dead and I'm glad. We skip over that part, but that's what he said. Now he wept when he heard the news, but then he said, Jesus is, uh, he said, Lazarus is dead and I am glad for your sakes. That you might see that the power of God is in the Son of God. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to me. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Listen to me. You've got to understand this. Amen. That the resurrection of Lazarus. Now there was talk about the town when Jairus' daughter had been healed. There was talk about the town uh, uh, when uh, he had stopped the funeral procession of a widow's son and raised him from the dead. But there was all kinds of doubters and haters and naysayers and they were all saying well those people really weren't dead they had the doubters that were saying yeah well you know how it is some especially back before modern medicine it was very common for people to die be pronounced dead and then come back to life as a matter of fact um, in Ireland and let me just speak to my family heritage here um, Irish people were, were uh, uh, drank a lot and, and still do amen and there were many of them that were put into graves and buried alive because they couldn't discern that they were in a coma slowing their heart and they're breathing to a point, amen, that, that they come back to life after some hours or a day or two, amen. And, and so that throughout parts of Ireland and Scotland, they used to uh, bury certain people uh, of a certain age and age group. They would bury them with a rope that went down into the casket tied around their hand and a bell was above their headstone so if they woke up they could ring the bell and basically say I'm, I'm still alive amen um, now I want you to know these things happened even in the time of Jesus and so the haters of Jesus those who opposed him used this as proof that that he was a fraud at best or he was a demon at worst and they would say these people he raised from the dead had, had only been dead for a little while and how many times have we seen that come to pass but when it came to Lazarus this was something altogether different amen because not only did Lazarus die but Lazarus had been dead for not three days he had been dead for four days now here's what you also need to know that according to Jewish custom and their religion that a person was not truly considered dead until the setting of the sun of the third day when they believed the spirit finally left the body. They believed the spirit wouldn't leave the body for three days after they died. So Jesus said, I'm not going to show up on the first day or the second day or the third day. I'm going. I've heard all 
all the lies and the rumors and the speculation about people coming back to life because they were really in a coma. I'm going to wait until he starts decomposing. I'm going to wait until even the religious community says his spirit has left his body. That's why Jesus said, Lazarus is dead and I'm glad for your sakes that you might see the power of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And Jesus walked to the tomb and said, roll away the stone. Uh, amen. And Mary said, uh, or, or Martha, one of the two said, don't you do that. Uh, by now he stinketh. Uh, and Jesus said, I, I, hey, I'm gonna tell you something right now. This will preach. Uh, the stink won't stop Jesus. I don't care what kind of stink you got in your life. I don't care what your problem is. It doesn't matter what your sin is or what you're going through. Amen. Even the rotting stench of death does not offend Christ because he is the resurrection and he is the life. He said, roll the stone away. Amen. And they're saying, you can't. He stinks by now. And Jesus didn't address it. He just said, Lazarus, come forth. And a four-day dead body come hopping up. Amen. Out of that grave, wrapped and bound in grave clothes. And then Jesus said, loose him and let him go. The Bible said very clearly that he had his grave clothes on. He had a napkin about his face and his head he was completely covered with the windings of linen and cloth. Amen. Because he was dead and he come hopping up out of that grave. Amen. And Jesus then established to them, this ain't no accident. This isn't because he fell sick for a few hours, but he's alive and called from death on the fourth day. I want you to know he's still the resurrection and he's still the life. He said, I ain't got time to get into this either, but he said, you loose him and you let him go. I did my part, you do your part. Amen. He said, I did my part, you do your part. You roll away the stone and you, you loose him and let him go. I've come to tell you, I feel there's some folks right now, you see, Lazarus needed a resurrection and he got a resurrection, but then Lazarus needed a breakthrough because he was still bound by the grave clothes. There are some folks, I feel it right now on the Holy Ghost. You've been set free. You've been called out of darkness. You've been saved. Amen. But you still got grave clothes on and I I want you to know the power of God is in this place for you to be set free and to have a total breakthrough. Oh, somebody shout amen. Amen. Now, now I've, I've told you what it is, amen, that it takes. Now, there's three ingredients, amen, that are, are crucial to a breakthrough. Three things you gotta have if you wanna break through. Number one, amen, they are a need. Somebody shout a need. Number two is a desire. Number three is a desperation. Now you can have a need, you can have a desire, but if you don't got desperation, it won't work. Amen. Amen. I said it won't work. 
and you can have desperation but not a desire and it won't work. And you can have a, 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 a need but not have desire and desperation and it won't work. If you want a true life changing breakthrough, it takes a need, a desire, and then a desperation to see it come to pass. In other words, you can't sit there like a knot on a dill pickle and expect God to do something. You, you can't just sit back and do what you've always done and expect God to do something extraordinary. You see, God responds to faith that is extraordinary. God responds to faith that is above and beyond what we have done before. Help me preach this morning, somebody. There, there is a blind Bartimaeus that when he hears Jesus is coming by, he didn't just jiggle his little cup and say, uh, somebody come heal me. Jesus, come heal me. Please come. No, he got out of character. He lifted up his voice. Amen. His desperation got greater than his dilemma. He lifted up his voice and he began to scream, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He had a need. He had a desire. And then he had desperation. I'm just going to preach how I feel this morning. Some of you are still sick because you ain't desperate yet. Some of you are still stuck in a rut because you ain't got desperate yet. Some of you haven't gotten a breakthrough because you're expecting it to come to you. But if you ever get desperate enough for a breakthrough, Jesus will come running in your direction. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I can't tell you how many people uh, I've seen that, that, you know, we used to do prayer requests. And uh, thank God we don't do those things anymore. Hey, man, you everybody have prayer requests during church. You got a prayer request? My Lord, yeah. I, you almost want to run out there and, and, and start a bad habit of drinking or something. People have got everything wrong with them. Uh, I'm sick and been sick. And you know, got all these, y'all remember them, the prayer requests? And, and, uh, there's a time and a place for it. I'm just glad that time and place ain't in church anymore. And I know some people want it. Bless God, the good old days when we used to tell about, we used to have prayer requests. Yeah, I remember those good old days. I remember sitting over there thinking, we're going to need Jesus to resurrect this service like he did Lazarus. Because right in the middle of it, it wasn't a prayer request. It was give me, give, me, give me 90 seconds to tell you how bad everything is in my life. That's why we don't have testimony services anymore. We need testimony services in our church again. Well, here's one reason we can't. It, it turned into boohoo service. It turned into boohoo service. Here's my thing. If you can't testify outside the service, what tells me you're going to testify in the service? Amen. If you're not going to testify to people in the church, about what God is doing, amen, you're not going to testify when you get 90. Say you're going to tell a life story about how bad things are and then say, but blessed be the name of the Lord and sit down. I've heard people jump up and, and testimony service and I'm sitting there, I, I remember we was at one church and this, this, this old dude, went, he went on, I don't know, four or five minutes just, just listing every ailment he had in his body and I leaned over the pastor and I said, is at any point God going to get glory out of this? And so finally, at the very end, he said, but I have faith. Pray my faith, stay strong in the Lord. And he sat down. And I looked at the pastor and I said, would you please get the praise team up here to sing one more song and maybe resurrect this service again? Because that's all it turned into. 
Amen. Testify one to another. There's nothing in the Bible says we have to stop and have testimony service. Have a testimony service every day. You've got an opportunity to testify like history's never had an opportunity to testify. You've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, Snapchat, text messages. You've got everything to testify. Amen. And, and, and making your petition known before the Lord. Amen. I, I've seen people do that, just, just boo-hooing and crying about their problem and their situation. And, and then I would watch them. A li- I was so blessed to travel uh, for, for 10 years as a full-time evangelist. And I'd go church to church. I was so blessed amen I saw a lot of things and I said God if you ever call me to pastor that's how I'll do it and I saw a whole lot of stuff that I said Lord if you call me to pastor we ain't ever doing that (laughs) and one of those was the prayer request deal because it would just drag on it was amazing if you open up for testimony three people would testify two of the three were actually boohooing in the testimony form but if you ask for prayer requests half the church had to stand up and tell the problem now, how God's being glorified out of that? Amen. I, I know it's not here, but I, I can feel that old sacred cow wiggling in the stall right now. Don't worry. I got a long knife. I'll butcher that thing. I will carve it up, and we will have roast beef tonight. We, Talk about it. And it's everything's bad in my life. We need prayer and this and prayer. And oh God, I need a healing. And oh, I need a better job. And, a car. and then I, I remember getting up preaching and the power of God falling and seeing healings and miracles happen. And, and you know who the majority of the people were who never got the breakthrough? Were the ones so addicted, amen, to talking about how bad things were that when God got to move and to heal, they, they would be the last in line for the prayer line if they got in the prayer line they would be one of the last ones to really break loose and turn loose and worship God or have joy because if we're not careful we become addicted to that mentality amen because somehow we think our sickness draws attention to us amen our problems makes us somehow amen people want to pity us amen no we need to turn our joy we need to turn our face to Lord God and say God I need a breakthrough and I'm willing to do whatever it is you want me to do Amen. I look at blind Bartimaeus and, and, and he said started screaming Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me somebody shout breakthrough Amen. There was a lot of people that were calling on. The Bible said they were pressed on him in the streets. And they were pressing on top of him. But Bartimaeus, the Bible said the closer Jesus got, the louder he began to scream. And he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Until finally he got the attention of Jesus. And Jesus stopped and told them, bring him to me. And the Bible said he stood up casting away his beggar's garments he went to Jesus. He had so much faith that Jesus could heal him. He pray, He began to worship. He began to call on the name of Jesus until he got the attention of Christ over everybody else. I love the fact that that Bartimaeus service looked a lot like a lot of our services when everybody around you was saying, sit down and shut up. Hey Amen. You, you need to find a different way to let this out 
to get to Jesus. But the Bible said the more they tried to quiet him, the louder he got until finally Jesus said, come here. Cast away his beggar's garments. Uh, amen. Uh, you were identified by the garment that you wore. And so he threw away his beggar's garment and he walked. It was an act of faith. By throwing it away and walking to him, he set down that beggar's garment and said, by the time I get to Jesus, I'm not gonna be blind anymore. Amen. He didn't pull off his beggar's garment when he was healed. He pulled it off before he got healed because he was in need of a breakthrough. He was in need of a miracle. Something got a hold of him. Something began to rise up on the inside of him that says the only hope for these eyes to see again is going to be if the man from Galilee, if he will just but touch me, if he will just but touch me. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And he stood up and he ran toward Jesus. And the Bible said Jesus healed him. And his eyes were immediately opened. Amen. And he received his miracle, believing God before Jesus even got within earshot. I wonder what would happen sometimes if people had the same kind of faith that Bartimaeus had that said, I'm going to get the attention of Jesus. I'm going to do what I've never done to get what I've never got. I'm going to worship. Amen. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord like I never have because I need a miracle. You see the problem is we don't get desperate enough. We still got money. Amen. We still got doctors. We've still got a little bit in the account. We still got a decent job but when you ain't got nothing left but Jesus, there's a desperation that'll come up in you that you've never known before. There's a confidence that'll rise up in you that you've never had before. If Jesus is all I got, then Jesus will be all that I need. Even when the doctors say no, Jesus is still the answer. When the job says no, Jesus is still the answer. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, that's, that's, that's one of our problems in America. We've got everything else. To, we go to Jesus last. Now, don't shout me down when I'm telling the truth. We go to Jesus last. That's what we do. Or, 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 or we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, well, Jesus touch it, but we've still got all these other things. I wonder sometimes for myself, how many medications did I take because I didn't have faith to go to God first? Oh, I'm going to let it set in a little bit. Don't worry. I wonder, how many, I wonder how many people have sought advice on their situation, amen, and, and it maybe or maybe it didn't work out because we just didn't go to Jesus and put complete trust for Jesus to take care of it. Amen. You wonder why they have great miracles overseas? Because they ain't got nothing else to do but trust Jesus. Amen. They don't go to a doctor. They don't have money to go to a doctor. And a lot of these countries, going to a doctor is worse than the problem. You, you wouldn't send your animal to a lot of these doctors. It's amazing how much confidence we have in, in medicine. Now, we're not anti-medicine. We're not against doctors. Don't worry about that. 
But it's amazing to me the amount of confidence we put in, in medicine over Jesus. And here's what amazed, especially in the last three years, medicine has lied to us. I don't care which side of the fence you're on. If you don't believe that, you're blind as a bat. Medicine has lied to us, let us down. Science has deceived us, but we still run to the doctor first. And isn't it something that doctors practice medicine? Amen. Well, hallelujah. Everybody in here knows somebody that's had a doctor mess up on them. Maybe you're here and the doctor gave you the wrong medication you had allergies. Right? Maybe they, how many know somebody that, that uh, uh, maybe they gave them an unneeded service or, or had them do things they didn't need to do and the doctor missed it? How many know somebody that's happened to that? The doctor really messed up on the issue. Amen. I, I know people that have died because the hospital did the wrong thing. But does that stop us from going to the hospital? No. As soon as we get pain in our chest and our left arm goes numb, that's the first place we go. We get a headache that won't go away, it's the first place we go. Isn't it amazing? That 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 uh, malpractice suits, uh, amen. They abound. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry in America of people suing hospitals and doctors for their failure and their neglect uh, and and uh, uh, of practicing medicine on someone and they mess them up. But yet we still have enough faith and confidence to go to the hospital when something goes wrong. And I'm not saying don't go to the hospital. Don't misunderstand me. What I'm trying to say is this. We have confidence in a medicine and in a field that has failed us continually. But yet God has never failed us. And God has never let us down. And yet we struggle to turn our faith and confidence. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I said we fail. We struggle with having faith that God will fix it. But God has never let anybody down. God has never lied to anybody. God's never deceived anybody. God's never gave anybody the wrong healing. God never gave anybody the wrong advice. God never gave anybody the wrong miracle. What I'm trying to say to you this morning is you need to elevate your desperation. You need to elevate the level of your desperation if you want a miracle. Oh, somebody go ahead and lift him up. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. David said, some trust in horses and some may trust in men. But as for me, I will remember the name of the Lord. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. I feel like preaching this morning. Amen. I know it's allergy season and things are a little lethargic here at First Church this morning when it comes to preaching with the preacher, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Amen. Some of y'all looking at me like, like an old mule looking at a new gate. I'm going to tell you, you've been whining about your problems, you've been praying about your problems, but you had not gotten enough faith in this preaching yet. You just sit there and hold on to your sickness, but somebody's leaving healed today. Somebody's leaving. It could be you. Somebody's leaving with a breakthrough today. It could be you. 
Some, somebody's going to leave with a fresh word of prophecy, and it could be you. Amen. God is not a respecter of persons, but God is a respecter of faith. Amen. For it is impossible to please God without faith. And the moment you let your desperation rise up and say, I am tired of dealing with the same old junk. I'm tired of the same old mess. I'm sick of the same old sickness. The moment you let faith rise up in you, amen, God will move towards you. Oh, somebody shout amen. 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 Praise God. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Amen. You you know what I've learned? You know what I've learned is that when there is resistance during the preaching of faith, amen, it's not demonic resistance. It's just lazy old flesh that hadn't prayed through in a long time resistance. Some of y'all ain't prayed through since the last time you used that church, and it's showing right now. You want a preacher or you want a pastor? You want a preacher, I can just make you happy. But if you want a pastor, I'll preach to where you are. Some, some of you aren't moving right now. You, you haven't rejoiced. You haven't responded now. It ain't because you're not, it's not because you're not feeling well or you're going through something or you're tired. It's because you hadn't prayed your hide through in a long time. I know I'm on live stream and it's a Sunday morning. That's all right. I, I ain't afraid to preach like this. The problem is, amen, you barely show up to prayer meeting, and if you barely show up there and you barely show up to church, then I can guarantee you you're not living a prayer life out there. And if you don't get a prayer life out there, baby, you ain't going to get a breakthrough in here. Look at somebody and say, watch out. It's on him right now. I ain't about to back up. See, I could stop now, and I could just preach to tickle your fancy. I could just preach to itch your ears, but the problem is you're going to leave here the same wreck you walked in as. But if the anointing of the Holy Ghost will get on me and will get on you, see, I've come to preach it off of you. I've come to preach it off of you. I've come to preach. You want to thank God. You've got a stiff spine pastor that ain't going to lay down and let flesh cause you to sit back and miss a miracle. No, I'm preaching to you. You can be healed. You can receive the Holy Ghost. You can get a breakthrough. You can get a miracle. It's not up to me and it's not even up to God. It's up to your response to say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey Amen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. You, you do what you want to do if you're on the live feed. God bless you. We love you. Hey, if you don't like this kind of preaching, you, you go find one of them churches that all they preach is 20 minutes of wonder, and, and you, you just go listen to them. But if you want an apostolic preacher, you just sit right here, grab the hankies and a bottle of water because it's going to be a little bit. I'm going to tell you something. Now, I feel, I feel boldness in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We, we've been in prayer and fasting, and I'm, not, I'm going to tell you something. We are on the crucible. We are at a crucible. We are at a crossroads as first church. Amen. And I want to tell you something. Uh, uh, God is doing great things already in the church, but God is trying to take us to another level. 
God is trying to take us to another level. Amen. And I thank God for all of you that are here and those that are watching online. Amen. But let me tell you something. God is trying to take us to another level. He is trying to take us to a breakthrough. Amen. Into a dimension of, of, of not just good church. Amen. We can have good church. I can jump on that piano and get Marcel on the drums. We'll whip this thing up in under two minutes and we'll have good church. I'm not talking about having good church. I'm talking about having apostolic church. Book of Acts church. Amen. Now, I, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to be your shepherd for five years. You can stand or sit. I've been, we've been very blessed and honored to be your shepherd for five years, but I want to tell you something. Um, uh, here, here's, here's, here's something you need to know. Amen. I thank God for Vacaville. They put up with us. Amen. And, and put up me a long time. And you wonder why we celebrate over there because, man, we've been through some stuff. And, and I'm going to tell you, Vacaville can tell you there are times I get up and shut a service down completely and say, this ain't going to work. Now, we weren't live streaming back then. Maybe we ought to stop live streaming now. I'll walk up and grab a mic, shut it all down and say, hardly anybody in here is connected to God and we ain't moving forward in this service until we pray through. So that's a little hard. Well, well maybe, but it's It's Bible. I think every once in a while we need to throw protocol aside and say, if I'm going to get a breakthrough, I can't get a breakthrough through my little Pentecostalism and my little protocol of going to church and, you know, three songs and, 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 and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and hopefully it'll hit me. That's not the way it works. No, we, we are a fire-baptized apostolic church. I said we're a fire-baptized apostolic church. We're a fire-baptized apostolic church. Even, even in the middle of April when, when, uh, when allergies are high and when pollen's in the air and the youth just got back and everybody's tired, uh, amen, and life is happy, we're still an apostolic church. Amen. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Amen. You want to break through? You've got to, your emotion has to meet the moment. Your emotion has to meet the moment to say, okay, I believe that. You can say, well, Pastor, okay, I'm feeling a little better, but, but I'm tired. And, and uh, you, you just don't know it's been a week. Amen. But, see, that's when God wants to do it the most, when you're at your weakest. We got it so backwards that we think when I'm feeling good and I shout because really I've got some extra calories to burn and I just say, you know, everything's great. No, that's, that, that's not when God is trying to meet you at the moment of a miracle. He will, hey, Daniel, he'll wait till you're in the lion's pit. Hey, Joseph, he'll wait till you're in the prison. Come on. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he doesn't keep you from the fire. He waits to perform the miracle in the fire. Paul and Silas, he don't keep you out of the jail. He gives you a miracle in the jail. Right when you least expect it. Right when you least think it's possible. The moment your flesh says, I'm too tired. The moment your bank account says, there's not enough. The moment everybody around you says, there's no way out. That's the moment God steps in. It's the anatomy of a breakthrough. It's how this system works. When everything's fighting against you, you rear back in faith and you fight back in worship. Ah, yeah.
Come on, somebody shout breakthrough. Come on, shout breakthrough. Shout breakthrough. Shout it again, breakthrough. Do you want to break through today or do you want to have church today? Do you want to break through today or do you want a blessing today? Do you want to be filled with the Spirit or filled by the Spirit? Do you, do you want God to alter the situation you're in or do you just want God to touch you a little bit? I don't know about you, but I feel a Bartimaeus faith that says I've been through enough hell. I've walked through enough sickness and trial and pain. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to bow up against this and fight back and praise and in worship. I'm going to push my way through because the anatomy of a breakthrough is when I feel like I can't go anymore, I keep going. When I don't feel like I can shout anymore, I shout louder. When I don't feel like I can dance anymore, I dance a little bit more. Now, now you can stay right where you're at. I'm almost done. But I'm going to talk to you, and I'm not going to finish this message, but I'm going to talk to you about the three stages of a miracle. The three stages of a miracle. It ain't going to take long. There are three stages of a breakthrough or three stages of a miracle. There is the obstetrics of praise. Amen. That is where that miracle, that breakthrough you need is in the womb. It has not yet been born, but you know it's there. You don't have the evidence yet, but you know it's in there somewhere. It's called praising God obstensively. Amen. Knowing that my miracle will one day come. This ain't a nine-month cycle. It can, be, it can come in a moment. It can come in a month. It can come in nine months. It can come in a year. It can come in 10 years, 20 years. Amen. But you have to have faith knowing that my promise is in the womb. It is there. It has been Listen to, it has been seeded by the word of God and it is in the womb. And it is multiplying. And it is, I don't know what stage of pregnancy your miracle is in. I don't know if it's just the eyes and the nose or some little limbs or maybe some of you can feel it right now. Hey Amen. You start feeling a movement in your womb. You start feeling a little kicking going on in the womb. Maybe you're feeling contractions right now. But if you want to break through, you've got to learn to praise him in the obstetrics of your miracle, knowing that it's in your belly, knowing that it's going to come to pass. So I got to praise God for things I have not yet seen come to pass. Look at somebody and say, it's in my belly. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I, I got to praise. I got to praise. I remember my wife, when, when we got pregnant with Addison, amen, I say we did, and she did. It got pregnant with Addison. Amen. It, it, didn't, it took a long time before you could tell. Amen. Uh, other than she was sick all the time. Uh, but there was no bump. Amen. There wasn't this big old swallow. As soon as we got the results back, amen, that, that, that she was expecting, amen, it took a while. There was a lot of faith looking at her stomach. Amen. I said, by faith. 
By faith. Yeah, that, 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 that sucker's in there somewhere. I got it by faith. Amen. I've got a promise. I can't see it yet, but but I know it's there. See, some of you are just at that stage right now. You know it's in there, but you can't see it. You believe it, but you can't see it. You're sitting there looking, saying, man, it's got to happen. It's got to come to pass at some point. And it's not there, but just give it a little bit of time. It's not going to go from nothing to something in an instant, but if you'll just keep believing, and you'll keep on praying, and you'll keep your faith, next thing you know, I look over, and her belly's swelling a little bit, and I so, yeah, that looks like a pregnant woman to me. Hey, Amen. The belly starts getting a little bigger and a little bigger, and it's obstetric praise. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's there. There's some evidence, amen, on her stomach, amen, that that baby's in there. And then the next thing I know, amen, that little baby doesn't like a seatbelt, and she kicks against the seatbelt, and she didn't like mama to lay on her side, and she'd kick against mama. And now I'm believing it's there because I can see see some evidence but my wife grabs my hand one night and says she's moving and I put my hand on her belly and I could feel the little shoulders as they begin to roll I felt the knees as they begin to see some of you are right there with your miracle you know it's there because you feel it moving you know it's there because you see it moving you know it's there because you can feel that it's turning about and the opposite of prayer here's what you got to understand some of you are even past that some of you are in the contraction stage amen that's why there's pain in your life I said, that's why there's pain in your life. That's why you're feeling stress and depression. That's why hell's working against you. You're wondering, why am I getting hit? Why is this happening? Why is it coming? What you got to understand is there's going to be pain before there's a birth. And the womb is getting ready to deliver your miracle. You're in the contraction stage right now. It isn't time to walk away. It's time to get to the delivery room because you're on the verge of giving birth to that promise God gave you six months ago, ten months ago, five years ago. It's in the womb. Some of you, some of you are in the contractions right now of worship. You're in the contractions of praise right now. You can feel it. Amen. The belly's about to pop. That miracle has turned upside down. Its head is going to the birthing canal right now. Feel it right now in the Holy Ghost. It's getting ready to be birthed. It's getting, there's a miracle getting ready to happen. There's a breakthrough getting ready to happen. Amen. That miracle's going to be birthed in this place. Somebody's going to birth that miracle now. Somebody could birth that miracle right now. Your healing could be made manifest right now. Your healing could be made manifest right now. Now, we're going to keep moving. In just a minute, they're going to come up here and they're going to sing. But I got to tell you about how many wants to hear about the second stage of a breakthrough? Number one is obstetrics. When that baby's born, where, where, where do you take him when he gets sick? 
What do they call that? Who? No. When you need to go to a doctor with a baby, what do you call that doctor? Pediatrician. You have the obstetrics of praise, which is the obstetrician who is taking care of what's in the womb. But when that baby's born, you step into the pediatric of praise. Because now the promise, and some of you are here right now. You're in the pediatric stage. It's now born, but it's not able to sustain itself. I said it's born, but you're not able to sustain it yet. Amen. The pediatrics is, that is to praise God for which you have believed has now come to pass. What you labored for has now been birthed. What you've been believing for has now come to pass. And you begin to worship him at that pediatric level because now I'm no longer in the obstetrics. Now I'm in the pediatrics because that miracle went from the womb to the world. That miracle went from the womb to the world. It went from inside to outside. The thing I could no longer see, now I can see it. By then, used to I praised by faith when I hadn't seen it. But now I can praise knowing that my eyes have beheld the glory of God because it's easier for them to believe God for what hasn't happened than try to take care of what God gave them. It's easier to shout about what you ain't got than it is to keep glorifying God over dirty diapers and 3 a.m. feedings It's easier to shout about it not happening yet and believing it will than having throw up all over you and hearing screaming all night long, but it's still a level of the miracle. And some of you, listen to me in the Holy Ghost, some of you are gonna lose your miracle because you have not learned to praise God for it in the pediatric level of a breakthrough. You shouted when it was born. You shouted when it was on its way. But now that it's here, it's quite a bit of an inconvenience to you. We're not going to abort the miracle of God. We're not going to push it and put it in an orphanage. We're going to hold on to that miracle. And we're going to learn to worship God. Somebody said that's the pediatrics level. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. But there's a third level, and this is the hardest level. This is the hardest level. It's the hardest of the three is the last one. You have the obstetrics, praising God for that which has not yet come to pass, that breakthrough that has not yet come to pass. Second is learning to praise God in a sustained praise for that thing that he has given you, even when it isn't what you expected. expectation versus reality has checked in but the third level is called the bar mitzvah of a breakthrough because bar mitzvah means 
it has now come of age. Which means not only did you praise God when it was in the womb, not only have you praised God when it arrived, but now this is the hardest level. When you take that miracle and you release it back to God. When you've grown attached to it. But God's got another level for you. When you've gotten comfortable with it. But God's got more for you. You see, this is what Abraham did with Isaac when he took him up to the mountain as a young man. This is where the Jewish people get the bar mitzvah from. Amen. It's when it comes of age and you recognize that it comes of age. You take that precious thing. You take that thing that you labored for and you believed for and you put it on the altar and you say, God, it belongs to you anyway. God, this is your situation. This is your miracle. This is your breakthrough. See? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Abraham would have never become the father of many nations unless he was willing to sacrifice the only son that he had. And some of you are holding on to a blessing so tight. You're holding on to a miracle so tight that God cannot give you that next dimension. God cannot give you that next breakthrough. God cannot give you that next healing because you're holding on to that thing so long. But God is saying, would you trust me so more and just put it on the altar would you trust me a little bit more and put it on the altar because it's one thing to hold on I've been there the hardest thing to do is to let go and trust God I said the hardest thing to do is let go and trust God some of you are holding so tight. God is ready to transition you to that next level, that next. Listen, I'm not talking uh, in a bunch of general terms here. I mean this specifically, some of you. God is trying to take you to the next level of a breakthrough. God is trying to take you to the next level of a ministry. God is trying to take you to the next level of anointing. Amen. The next level of victory in your life. But now God is saying, I want what's most precious to you now. I want the thing that you love more than anything else. Else, and I want you to put it on the altar. I want you to put it, but God, it's the, no, it doesn't matter. He wants that most sacred thing, that most precious thing. He wants your Isaac, Abraham. I said he wants your Isaac, Abraham. Abraham, you danced when he was in the womb. Abraham, you shouted when he toddled across the floor as a little boy. But now, Abraham, you must learn to take the lad and go up yonder to worship Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. What is it that you're holding on to the most? What is it you're holding on to the most? You see, the God of the breakthrough is in this place right now. The God of the breakthrough is flowing in this house right now. And he wants to know, are you willing? Are you willing to put it upon the altar? Are you? Come on, lift that voice. Are you willing to put it on the altar? Come on, put it on the altar. Put it on the altar. 
You see how excited we were when we were praising God for things we didn't see? You remember how excited we got jumping and running when we were believing God for a miracle that hasn't come to pass? Well, now God's saying, I want you to enter into the deepest dimension of worship. I want you to step into the deepest dimension of worship, and that's trust. I need you to trust me, God says, to lay that thing upon the altar. I need you to trust me to put it upon the altar. Put your hopes, put your dreams, put everything upon that altar. Come on, put your hopes, your dreams, your prayers your visions, your ministry, whatever it is, the calling, the anointing, put it on the altar right now. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.